Bank of Clark County has a comprehensive suite of solutions for your personal and business needs. We offer banking, lending services, and wealth management services with the best-in-class customer service you'd expect from a community bank. Whether you need a checking or savings account, a mortgage or home equity line of credit, a business loan, or to set up a trust or investment account, Bank of Clark County can help. Bank of Clark County. Big Bank Solutions, Community Bank Service. And we've just opened a branch at 530 Blackwell Road in Warrenton. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. Welcome to the Unscripted Podcast. My name is Corby LaCroix, and the song you're hearing right now is called Great and Mighty One, available on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you get your music. But for now, here's your host and my friend, Aaron Conrad. Great Redeemer, God of grace. All right, everybody, welcome back to Unscripted from my studios in Columbus, Ohio. Uh, very interesting. This is I'm so excited. Uh, let me just let my guest introduce himself because we we are we have a short window here. So let me let my guest introduce himself and we will go. From sure, there. Max McLean, uh, artistic director, of fellowship for performing arts in New York City. We're a theatrical and film production company that produces theater from a Christian worldview, meant to engage a diverse audience. And uh, um, the most recent thing we've done for film, anyway, is a uh, a film about uh, the conversion of C.S. Lewis called The Most Reluctant Convert. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, that's available on uh, Amazon Prime, Google Play, Apple TV, uh, DVD, Blu-ray. And you can get more information at cslewismovie.com. I love that we covered that right out of the gate. We we covered all the all the particulars. So so if I want to see this today, if I'm hearing this today, I can go see the film at any of those places. Most of my streaming services, is that correct? Yeah, Apple, awesome. uh, Amazon, and Google. Yep, mm-hmm. awesome. Okay, so I got to tell you a quick story. When I was a kid, uh, and I don't even remember what age I was, um, I, we were at a bookstore, and I got a um, it was a box set back in those days of the Chronicles of Narnia. Yeah. So that was my introduction to C.S. Lewis. Uh, so I want to tell you that really quick. Uh, I didn't read all of them. I read like the first two. And, you know, obviously the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe was captivating. Yeah. And I think there was Prince Caspian and some other ones. Uh, I didn't make it all the way through the box set, but I did love those. The other thing I would say is I guarantee you that this Sunday, there's not going to be a sermon somewhere in the United States where someone does not mention or uh, reference C.S. Lewis. Yeah. So those two things, uh, that very man um, has had a massive influence. And I think that's a big part of our interview today. Why just well, let's start with the reluctant convert, because uh, I, I, it sounds like you've really studied this man. And, uh, and particularly his, his transformation. Um, I'll let you tell it. You probably tell it. Yeah, well, it's, uh, I, I, I really have. I mean, one of the things about uh, doing theater or film is if you're going to translate something from the page to the stage or page to screen, you really have to know it. Uh, you have to, because you have to make selections and, and, and get to the essence of it and, 
and make sure that it pops for mm-hmm. the screen. Right. Uh, my introduction to Lewis, uh, I'm an adult convert to Christianity, uh, came to faith in my mid-20s. Okay. And uh, uh, I, right after I, was con- I, I converted to Christ, uh, boy, you know, I was hungry. I really was. And mm-hmm. so somebody gave me uh, uh, screw tape letters. And man, the, the, the very first scene, uh, you, if you remember the screw tape letters, he talks about some uh, 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 screw tape is, is looking at his laurels of some of his past conquests. And he talks about this man in the British Museum who was uh, studying some piece of writing that screw tape was really freaked out about, said, you know, he saw 20 years work just down the drain. So he had to act quickly. And in order for him to uh, get the man's attention, he said to him, isn't it just about time for lunch? <laughs> and the man looked up and then, uh, and, uh, and then, you know, the enemy, this is Screwtape's enemy, said, this is more important than lunch. And, and Screwtape counters with, yeah, far, you know, much too important to tackle the end of the morning. Why don't you... Uh, go out, get something to eat, and come back with a fresh mind. And so that convinced the man he got out, and uh, he grabbed a newspaper. That was important. Saw a number 73 bus go by, and he said, and the battle was won. He said mm-hmm. he got out of some, whatever was going to happen to him didn't happen, and then, if, and then the counting point was that man is now safely in, my, in our father's house, meaning the devil. And, and, he, and he concludes that particular uh, scene by saying, uh, it's funny how these uh, humans uh, picture us as putting things into their minds. Our best mm-hmm. work is done by keeping things out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and right, uh, right. I was sold on Lewis then because uh, he, he made spiritual warfare so clear to me in a way that I knew was true for the first time because I'd been so deceived for so long that uh, that's when I got hooked and I started reading everything else he did. And of course, we made a theatrical production of, of uh, a screw tape, which we played many times in Columbus Palace Theater, uh, the place down a couple of places downtown. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, we like coming to Columbus. In fact, we're going to awesome. be in Columbus in the fall, I think, at Ohio State University. Okay. Well, I will absolutely plan on being there yeah. because behind me on that bookshelf is uh, it's actually both books it's screw tape letters and mere christianity combined yeah uh it's a it's a it's on the book back there it's yeah. because i think those are two very influential I, there's so many christians that i know today who will list those two books one of those two books as one of the most influential books in their faith and journey. still are um yeah and still are See, correct I, so, yeah you can always go you can always return to them uh yes. and, and get another rewarding experience Right. And, and so you had the opportunity to not only study and, and um, write, you know, this, this production, you've, you've played him, yeah. you play him in the film, correct? Yeah. Yeah. How, how was it to play? I would, uh, is it safe to say he's one of your heroes? Yeah. He's, well, he's been a spiritual guide for a long time. You know, uh, I, I love being that smart for 90 minutes. <laughs> um, love the, yeah, first, the, the, the film began as a stage play, uh, right. and a one-person stage play. It was really was very successful, ran in New York for 15 weeks, uh, toured countless colleges and universities around the country. It's played Columbus as well. And uh, uh, so uh, when the pandemic hit in March of 20, 
you know, remember 15 days to flatten the curve. And I thought, well, what am I going to do for the next two weeks? Um, That's right. Here we and are. And, right? uh, you know, two years later. So right. when, when it became clear that the pandemic was going to be long, mm-hmm. uh, we made a decision. We had already been talking about it, but we were thinking about it as a two or three year down the road project mm-hmm. um, to make a movie of, uh, of the most reluctant convert. I had a, a friend of mine, Norman Stone, who's a British director, very well known, did Shadowlands, um, uh, Planet Narnia. Um, anyway, he, uh, he really liked the script and wanted to do it. And so, uh, sometime in July of 20, he said, let's, uh, you know, we, if we can act now, the British government's opening up and if we act quickly, I, I can get a really good crew, really good cast. And, uh, we, you know, because nobody's worked since March. Mm. So that's what happened. And then, you know, we, we, got the green light, got the funds to put the film in the can, flew to London, quarantined, uh, started shooting in mid-September, finished mid-October. And uh, uh, it, that was in October 20. Then November 21, we released it. And it was the number two film in America uh, wow. when when it opened. Uh, it, it was, I think Dune was number one, Bond was three. And the reason Dune was number one and we were number two is because they were in 3,000 theaters. We were only in 450 theaters. Wow. Uh, but our per screen average was so high that it put us over. But anyway, uh, that uh, uh, and that was the film. And, and it's gotten a lot of people have really found it to be very provocative in terms of understanding their own faith journeys. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. I'm really glad we made it. I love it because I think, like we said, I think for those of us in faith or at some point in your faith, you're going to be introduced to C.S. Lewis. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Almost like the, yeah. not, you know, it's not the same as the Bible. Obviously, that's the truth and that's the word. But I think at some point, you, I don't know how you go through a faith journey and not at least at some point hear C.S. Lewis and not just because of the Walleye and Witch in the Wardrobe. Uh, he had a massive influence and he began as an atheist. Yeah. So yeah. how and so in the film, as I understand it, you play the older C.S. Lewis. But there's also there's like flashbacks to a younger C.S. Lewis, and it follows his life growing up and his story. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. We had, uh, uh, you know, we were 18 locations all over Oxford. Uh, mm-hmm. 15 actors in the script. You know, J.R. Tolkien, uh, Owen Barfield, Hugo Dyson, his mom, dad, etc. Three actors playing Lewis. I play the elder. Looking back on his life, there's a boy Lewis. There's a young man Lewis, um, played by Nicholas Ralph of All Creatures Great and Small. And uh, yeah, you know, he started his life. Uh, he lost his mom to cancer at nine, had a terrible relationship with his father, uh, which got worse after his mom died. Uh, he was in World War One, experienced the butchery of trench warfare and hmm. came to the conclusion at 19 years old that either there's no God behind the universe, a God indifferent to good and evil or worse, an evil God. And uh, and when he came back to Oxford, you know, uh, someone asked him, were you much frightened in France? He said all the time, but I never sank so low as to pray. Uh, so that's the, this is what we're dealing with here. <laughs> you know, yeah, somebody yeah. that really was not, uh, was, was, was pretty, uh, was really hard, hard soil. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, uh, through primarily the relationship of his friends is reading, uh, reading of George MacDonald, reading of GK Chesterton, uh, and, uh, friendships with J.R. Tolkien, Owen Barfield and others. Uh, they chipped away at it. Prime. One of it was, uh, you know, his own, uh, uh, position about 
evil, the problem of evil and pain. Uh, right. Because right. Uh, he, you know, the, the question seemed to be asking him, you know, that his argument against God was that the universe was so cruel and unjust. He, then, so he asked this question, well, where did I get this notion of cruel and unjust? I call a line crooked because I have some idea of a straight line. What am I comparing this universe as if it's, you know, when I call it cruel and unjust, I must have some benchmark of a place of absolute beauty and grace and, and goodness. And, uh, you know, if there's no meaning, we would never know there's no meaning. And this, mm -hmm. uh, in fact, he, he goes on to say uh, or something that I've never thought about, which is, seems to be basic. He said that uh, Christianity doesn't solve the problem of evil. It creates the problem of evil because evil would be no problem unless you had some assurance in your soul that the ultimate reality was righteous and good. Because right. all of a sudden, right. if you if you have that in your soul, then you're complaining. You know? right. <laughs> right. right, right. And so right. that was kind of the first stepping stone for him to come to terms with his own atheism. And mm. uh, and then, of course, he met uh, uh, he, he met the God of the Bible. Uh, he he right. said his first conversion was to theism, not to Christianity. In in many ways, it, you know, we think of a theistic Christ, uh, conversion as kind of uh, soapy and soft, but in his case. It was more like he calls it my religion was like that of the Jews. You mm -hmm. know, it was like Moses in the burning bush. You know, right. I am that I am. Yeah. Uh, and but his big problem was he couldn't understand the significance of Jesus. And and mm -hmm. uh, it was uh, Tolkien's help that had him uh, come to terms with that. And so many people are familiar. So if you're not familiar with C.S. Lewis, if you're not familiar with Jesus, if you're not familiar with faith, I think a lot of people, uh, a whole nother category, uh, are very familiar with J.R. Tolkien. Yeah. Because of movies and books and those things. So he, so J.R. Tolkien had a very important influence he did. on his life. He did. Is that correct? Yeah. I mean, uh, each to the other. Uh, uh, right. Tolkien has said that uh, uh, I never would have completed, let alone published, Lord of the Rings without the influence of Jack Lewis. Uh, and then, of course, Lewis's influence on, I mean, uh, Tolkien's influence on Lewis's conversion was significant because, as yeah. I mentioned earlier, uh, you know, Lewis said to him, you know, I, I, I've come to believe in God, but not Christianity. I simply can't understand how the life and death of someone else, whoever he was 2000 years ago, could help us here and now. You know, the God to who I surrendered was not human. I had no idea of the incarnation. That just made no sense to me. Um, and so where Tolkien was of help to him was he, they both loved mythology. Mm -hmm. They, uh, they understood myths, uh, pagan myths, uh, and how widespread they were, how universal they were. And, uh, and so, uh, what Tolkien said was scattered among all the religions. There's this vague notion of a God who's killed, broken, come to life again. Um, uh, which is really significant in, in especially the agricultural cults. And uh, uh, you talk about Boulder, Osiris, Dionysus, Adonis, all the myths. And then what Tolkien made clear to Lewis was that then among these Jews, the thing really happened. The myth became fact. Mm. There, there came a man who claimed to be the son of the giver of the moral law. The Ten Commandments, the son of the giver of the Ten Commandments, and the awful presence atop Sinai. You know, this is what Moses was uh, confronted. And if you can imagine a first century Jew hearing that, it's like, you know, we take this too lightly, you know, right. the, that right. Jesus claimed to be God. Like, mm -hmm. okay, so who cares? 
right. you know, that's a, you know, you, the alternative is pretty radical. Uh, but if you can imagine getting in the, in the eyes of a first century Jew, the claim is so shocking. We just take it way too lightly. Mm -hmm. uh, either this man was a raving lunatic and that was a theory or he right. was and is precisely what he said. And if you accept that he's not a lunatic, then all else becomes credible that this man was this man uh, was and is the son of God and that his mm -hmm. death affects real change in our relation to this righteous, the giver of the moral law, an awful Lord, the, the presence on Mount Sinai. Right. Uh, and that uh, that was enough for Lewis. Wow. How how impactful it's so you said you became a Christian adult and, and we, I know our run times run short. Um, the film we've already run through that I want to run through it one more time before we get off. Mm -hmm. But um, how impactful was this? You said you became a Christian later in life. Mm -hmm. um, how impactful was studying him, reading him, um, portraying him? How impactful has that been on your faith? Oh, it's huge. It's huge. I mean, first of all, I, I have so much respect for him, right? You know, mm -hmm. he, he, he was truly one of the greatest minds, uh, literary minds, uh, and in uh, certainly in the 20th century, if not more. Uh, and I think one of the greatest writers of all time. Uh, he read everything from the Greeks to the moderns. He had a steel trap mind that and this is the difference between him and me because I can read stuff and goes in one ear and out the other. Uh, right. He right. he he remembered everything he read. Uh, mm. You know, clearly it was almost photographic, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, and he had this magnificent ability to turn it all into magnificent prose and speech, right? right. All under the headship of Jesus Christ, and that was so compelling and. You know, and, and I think one of his benefits is that he was literary. He wasn't necessarily theological. You know, in fact, people complained that he wasn't trained theologically. Well, he knew he knew Greek. He knew Latin. Right. He read it all in original languages. So if he was an amateur theologian, he was of the highest order amateur. Right. But, it, but he also was able to to uh, uh, combine it with with his literary knowledge, which most theologians don't have. So there's right. blind spots that, that they have that he doesn't have. He may have his own blind spots, but they're already covered. The, mm -hmm. the kinds of things that Lewis offers, very few other people cover. And so that's really helpful for people like me, mm -hmm. uh, right. you know, right. that uh, are kind of literary, artistic. Um, mm -hmm. You know, things don't come to us very quickly, or, or, you know, and, and uh, we, we, we like the pictures, as it were. Mm -hmm. He was able to mm -hmm. draw magnificent pictures. And I would say that, yeah, I think that's why the line, the witch in the wardrobe was so impactful uh, because that story, yeah. uh, that story is impactful and his ability to create this understanding mm -hmm. for the rest of us, so to speak of, of uh, anyway, that we could probably spend a whole episode on that. Um, I know your time is short. What are the links again? I know you covered. Yeah, them right no, there I'm, I'm I'm glad to glad to offer them again. <laughs> Please do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, all of them is all of them. You can go to cslewismovie.com and it's available okay. there. But it's uh, you know Amazon Prime, Google Play, uh, uh, Apple TV, uh, you know uh, DVD, Blu-ray, all available now. Um, it's uh, and please tell your friends. I think uh, it's it's worth watching. Most people watch it more than once. It's it's uh, it's Lewis, so it's not easy, but it's right. certainly worthwhile. I've seen the beginning. In, in all fairness, I've seen the beginning. I haven't had had seen the finish yet, uh, but I I like the throwback. I, I just like the behind the scenes of a man that was so influential yeah. uh, and is influential to this day. 
So uh, what an honor to be with you today. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you for bringing him to life for us, bringing him into this time in our lives when maybe it's most important. You know, it, um, uh, we talked about pandemic. We talked about a lot of different things. And I think C.S. Lewis, God, God ordained him for the journey and the path, almost like Paul, you know, uh, an atheist to convert. Um, I don't know. I just, yeah. uh, C.S. Lewis is still so important and we can't, we can't let it just fade away. His life meant something. And so thank you for portraying him, for bringing, uh, it to the stage. Thanking you. Thank you for bringing it to movie. Uh, and, and if anyone's listening, please go out and support the film because that's the best way I think we can support it. Amen. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. Best of luck to you. And please let me know when you're in Columbus, because I'd love to come see you. Uh, uh, I think we'll be there in September at uh, the, the Wexler in Ohio State. I think that's right. Yeah. Well, yes. Yeah. Yes. All right. I will. Uh, I will put that on my calendar and I will look for it when it comes and I will come shake your hand. Thank Praise you so Lord. much. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye. Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Unscripted Podcast with your host, Aaron Conrad. Make sure to like, share, follow, and review on your favorite podcast platforms. Also, make sure to check out my song, Great and Mighty One, on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you find your music. We'll see you next time on Unscripted with Aaron Conrad. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You, too, could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18-plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. 